0: Hello everybody, it's Sina here and we're back with another new podcast episode. And this time, Fernando met Chris, the co-founder of Wild Plastic, and they kind of had like a little experience, kind of a different interview, because both of them, they went with Chris Kemperven to the harbor in Hamburg and found a very nice place. And got comfortable with a couple of beers and just had the interview in this beautiful environment. So if you listen to this interview and you hear at some point some boats in the background, it's just because they are close to the harbor. And yeah, this interview um, turned out to be very in-depth and long, so this is also why we decided to do two parts so we are gonna publish today part one and it will be all about Chris journey his personal journey on how he became a social entrepreneur and the motivation and the reasons why he started Wild Plastic and he has a very interesting background so um, a couple of years ago he started working for Google and afterwards also for YouTube and he's sharing some of his biggest uh, lessons from this kind of era of his life so for example he's talking about uh, psychological safety and also how to build successful teams Uh, he was part of uh, the community entrepreneurs first so he's talking a little bit about this journey and sharing some advice um, from this period and yeah then he's sharing the story on how he actually met his co-founders, which is also really interesting because finding like, the right co-founders and making sure that they are a good fit is like a very intense process and of course he's sharing some insights on Wild Plastic, the motivation behind finding this business and also like the big mission and vision they have and what they want to accomplish because they want want to be part of the solution to solve the plastic problem that we have in our world so yeah I really really um, recommend you listening to this episode I wish you lots of fun and also stay tuned for uh, part two of this interview that we're going to publish next week I wish you lots of fun
1: Hello, Chris. Welcome to the show. Hello, Fernando. Good to be here. Well, I am really looking forward, actually, to this conversation. And for everyone listening, we are at the camper van of Chris. That's great. And we are sitting right now on a little la- nice living, enjoying a magnificent view uh, of the harbor of Hamburg, and actually with a cold beer. beer. So, yeah, first things first. And cheers, you guys, for everyone listening. And cheers, Chris. Cheers. Uh, thank you for having me here. To you. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Chris, um, you have a really interesting journey. And before maybe going into wild plastic and the business and everything, I thought that would be um, really cool, you know, and really interesting to rewind a little bit on, on your past and to try to connect some dots. And because it looked like you have a really entrepreneurial spirit and mindset for a very young age, and you founded your first company uh, back in 2009 when you started studying. Um, can you share with us what, what was this business, what did motivated you, and why did you decide to start this business? Um,
2: oh, early days Fernando, <laughs> early days. Um, so i th- you know it actually goes goes back way 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 further than that um i think you know the first time that i understood that you know you can you can do something yourself and try out new things and take some small risks and maybe um yeah, also set up a small business was when I was, uh, pff, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old, you know, selling things on the flea market, selling things in my neighborhood, you know, things that I didn't need anymore that others could, you know, w- would need more. And and that small analogy of, you know, how easy it is sometimes to start something to, and, and also to start a, a small, tiny business, that motivated me um, later on to, you know, try again. And the story is, um, one of my best friends, Julian, he, I got to know him in New Zealand, uh, and we, uh, he, he's from Hamburg, so um, cheers to you, Julian, uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> um, he and I, we shared a passion for skateboarding and longboarding, and we both realized, man, there's such, so many or so few good brands here in Europe or here in Germany available to us and there's such epic brands in in the states in New York such as Boston boards why not get them over why not get them to the streets of Hamburg Mm. of Berlin of Cologne etc and yeah so long story short we we just imported these boards you know with our pocket money um, we could afford I think twenty boards at the very beginning, and then we sold those twenty boards, reinvested that entirely into forty <laughs> new boards, reinvested that into a hundred new boards, and and so on and so forth. And yeah, after five years, we had a small business running.
1: Okay, and and what what do you think it's the uh, the beginning of this entrepreneurial mindset? Because you said you started when you were like ten, eleven, doing some things. What what's that? that thing you know that is kind of like that burning desire of going out doing things selling stuff um what what do you think from from where is coming that do you you have any i don't know experience from from your parents or something or just um yeah something that you have from within it's
2: a good question i so i you know i believe you need to try these things and see if it works for you or not and i tried Mm. it early on in like in the tiniest way you can imagine. Selling things on the flea market or, you know, selling um, you know, your, your old toys on the street to other kids or whatever. Um, and it was not to, to say, hey, I'm making a huge business here, but more, hey, actually I can, I can do something that someone else finds, I don't know, good or you know, useful or valuable or whatever. And if you make that experience once, I think you dare to to try that again, mm. you dare to hey, w- why not just try it and if if it doesn't work, well, you know another day another time, but you, you take that risk um, even though it's it's not a risk i want to I want to clear that up front i don't think it's taking you know being entrepreneurial is taking a risk
1: yeah it's not necessarily a risk not true. necessarily a risk, but it seems like one quite mm. often and how how did you manage to because, because I understand that the year that you start studying is the same di- year that you started this uh, skateboard business. How did you manage to start a business from, from, from your own desire and your own money and, and from your own um, you know, home and, and doing everything, the logistics and, <laughs> and, and the storage and the logistics and delivering and doing all the things that can be involved in a business especially when you're <laughs> young age and the, 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 you have to do everything, you know? So, uh, plus, studying, plus, uh, for sure, doing the things that any kid with 18 to, I don't know, 20 years is doing, and going out and having fun with friends. How, how did you... Actually, how how was that time look like? You know, in terms of combining or everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so you mentioned two things: uh, logistics, th- that was my parents, um, and fulfillment, that was my younger brother. <laughs> 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 we uh, no look look. We we started. You know, if I if I say we started small, it's I. You know, it's it's an underst like I'm not understating uh, what we did. We bought twenty skateboards. They fit in my bedroom underneath the bed, and we you know we had a showroom in our kitchen. It was the tiniest of things you can imagine at the beginning, and why I did it during my studies was actually quite simple. I everything I needed to run that business. I happened to learn at university you know it you know whether it's accounting or um, um, you know by writing a business plan or you know making a a competition analysis or whatever you name it I learned it theoretically at university and here I was you know 19 years old 20 years old with a specific idea that I could apply all those theories to and I loved it
1: Perfect. So, you were in the classroom learning on these things and you're, you're, in your mind, you were immediately how can I apply this into my business?
2: Exactly. That's and fantastic. <laughs> you know, I, I, I certainly wasn't the, the one with the best grades. I, I, I was pretty average, to be honest, but I, I would say I was one of the most curious guys because when accounting is probably the most, you know, no offense, but it's probably the most boring <laughs> subject of all subjects during studies. <laughs> Unless you have to do accounting in the afternoon and run a busi- you run a business and you really need to figure out how to you know do that tax uh, uh, report in the afternoon yeah that makes sense that was that was great that was very practical
1: That's but that's great great experience
2: but by, by the way, to all um, our listeners we are <laughs> i think Fernando mentioned it already we are sitting in the middle of the harbor of Hamburg yes. um, looking at um, um, Altona, we're on the other side of the Elbe. So if you hear any background noise, it could be a container that's being <laughs> unloaded from a container <laughs> ship. It could be a ship passing. Just so you know.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good one actually. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we have a good audio. But yeah, thank you for for mentioning that. Uh, now, from from you studying university, I, I just want to try to you know to paint the picture. You know, so also for everyone listening, you were studying. You were learning, you were applying these things into your business, and well, you you were studying here in Germany, you know. So, um, and then you decide to stop this business, you finish your studies, and you move to a, another country. In this case, to Ireland, to work for, I think, like the most biggest company uh, in 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 the in the uh, tech world, you know, like Google. <laughs> uh, how? Uh, I mean, first of all, how that happened, and what's you know like the what did motivated you, and uh, yeah, how was that that experience? Because it's really a, like a big leap, you know, like a, like a big difference.
2: Um. So technically, I didn't. I I didn't. Quit my uh, urban stoke the company i was building with julian when i moved to dublin uh, to ireland because we we kept it running julian was the man on the ground we just we terminated it uh, two years later but um the decision to to leave germany and go to ireland was is actually looking back uh really interesting because it was the exact opposite of What I was doing at Urban (laughs) Stove. We were running the smallest um, uh, and, you know, coolest skate shop you could imagine um, um, in in Lüneburg or here in Hamburg. You know, we, but we were the poorest of the poor. We had no, we we didn't pay ourselves many, uh, a lot of salary. We reinvested everything into the company. And then, you know, you go to Google where they make you an amazing breakfast. They care for everything you, 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 you know, you can possibly care for. And it, yeah, it is an amazing employer. But why did I do this? That was the question. Yes. Um, I think I realized that I, I'm a young guy that has a lot to learn. And one of the best places to learn many of these things seem to be Google for me. Um, you know, the learning experience at, at Urban Stoke was unique. Absolutely, I learned many things I could not learn otherwise, but Google taught me and 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 back in the day, I believed that just taught me things that I am still using today that I'm still applying today and I saw how you know one of the most successful companies in the world is you know thinking about business, about building amazing teams, making strategic decisions, you know scaling products from you know one to ten within within the shortest amount of time
1: yeah I think that was the main
2: motivation to learn
1: and I mean I understand then that you that you went there with with already with the mindset of I want to learn from a big player how to do business you know now you also mentioned that you learn a lot of good things that today you're applying can you can you maybe expand a little bit maybe in one or two specific things that you learn and that you're applying so maybe people that are listening here they can you know get an idea and maybe they can apply into the business and they can you know grasp that learning uh, about from from yourself Um, so
2: so there is a couple of things the first thing is um, you know how do you organize a company that is you know globally active you know in in san francisco tokyo berlin everywhere everywhere everywhere. (laughs) Um, and well how do you how do you efficiently organize a company today to you know run a a global business but also align on things that you need to align on I think that was an interesting and and Google does this really well by um, saying hey look um, we are a global company with teams across the world but um, they really build strong core teams around their competences, uh, competence, whether it's sales or marketing or whatever. And um, they somehow manage to really make simple decisions, although one person is in Tokyo and the other is in San Francisco. Um, but the, the other thing is, and this is the most important that I learned, how do you build successful teams? And what, what, what does a successful team look like? Okay. Um, how you do that and (laughs) you know if you ask me Chris what is it what is the one thing you take away from Google it's I say it's the people I'm connected with hundreds of people from Google still today many of them among my good friends and certainly some of the brightest people in the world Um, but what makes them successful Within Google is that Google understands that you know something like psychological safety is a number one success driver for good teams so each and every person that is working for Google is being able to really be mm-hmm. their very own person to really um, bring their very best quality to work every single day and just don't they, they don't have to change to to someone they they should be um, and and Google is just very good at building these teams and making sure psychological safety and um, a, as a pillar of success is being at the center of you know human no well human resources I don't like that word but you know building of, of yeah, people development yeah. could be development like, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah Wow thank you I, I, I think also for for everyone listening I, I just want to kind of like re mention something that you already said twice but I think it's really really important and, and pure gold and a really good lesson and for anyone that it's building a team or wants to build a team or that already have a team, psychological safety. Let the people and give them the space to be who they are uh it's it's key to success and, and well Google is doing this. We can agree if Google is a good or a bad business but They know one or two things about business, and definitely if these are core lessons for them, I think this is definitely something that whoever is listening right now, you can apply to your business.
2: Yeah, and and just to add to this, I think Google was er, quite early pioneering these thoughts, but they're not the only ones. You know, if you look at companies across the board today, this is common sense to many. But to me, back in the day, it wasn't common sense. I think it was the first time that that I, encountered and, and and thought about that idea and so for me that was a was a really important lesson
1: oh but but you know that that common sense is not that common you know that's like true. The, the old that's saying true. no yeah yeah that's yeah. that's true, that's true. <laughs> so yeah. sometimes these these things are, are really good you know to to be repeated again and again especially when they are that important in order to build a team or organization now Continue with the topic. You you are in Google. You're in Ireland. So c- coming back, you know, to painting the picture of Chris, uh, Ireland, another country, young, meeting, you know, really cool people, making new friends, working in this big corporation, learning a lot of new things, and then you move again, now from Ireland to London, and for I mean YouTube that it's it's. It's a subsidiary, I think, from mm-hmm. from from Google. Uh, but anyway, move again, another company, maybe another culture. I'm not not sure. Maybe you can also uh, share a bit more, you know, about your experience. Uh, how how did that look like, you know, for you moving again and going into this journey, and uh, yeah, moving now to YouTube. Um, the decision was qu- quite clear so
2: I moved to YouTube um, when when did I move to uh, two years after I joined Google and it was simply a super interesting and probably the sexiest part of of the Google universe um, telling stories was always very close to my heart and I think there's no better platform than YouTube to for stories being told today as it is mm. um, and um, yeah so the and w- one day in time uh, by the way the, the camper van we are sitting in I purchased it in Ireland I found it in Ireland and ever since it has been on my side so I moved from Ireland to the UK in ah. my camper van I lived in my camper van for a couple of weeks in London then I found it and so on so it's here now
1: so, so uh, right now we are in the middle we, of the story then <laughs> we are in the middle of the story exactly <laughs> a very historical place in yeah. Hamburg as well yeah
2: so, so this yeah exactly um, so yeah this this red camper van i i bought in ireland then moved to the uk to to continue working for youtube um, culturally it's different than ireland um, but not entirely different um at the time there was equally amazing i think you know again different people a more creative approach to business obviously um but um still a global you know a global company that is still structurally yeah global company and and with its pros and cons
1: okay I understand and now let's go to 2017 because I I understand also for for the previous conversation that we have here kind of like for the pre-meeting you know we have for the for the podcast you share with me your story and 2017 seems to be like a pretty breakthrough year for 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 yourself and and you decided to I understand to quit you know your job at YouTube and and yeah before going into another question why did you decide to, to, to quit your job and leave YouTube?
2: Um, I I think I quit because I I sensed that this was not what I wanted to do anymore and it was, it was not fueling my inner desire whatever that inner desire was. I didn't know at the time. Yes. I couldn't tell. But I, you know, sometimes you have that gut feeling. Sometimes you have that instinct that tells you, hey, Chris, it's time to move on or it's time to do something different. And I've never felt it clearer than at that moment in time it was pretty uncomfortable to be honest because on the one hand you are sitting there you know with every single perk or incentive that you can imagine an amazing job not you know the most wonderful colleagues the best uh, atmosphere everything you can you can wish on paper is there you're living in in london in, in the uk you can drive, you can go surfing every weekend um and On paper I could have not told you what I'm lacking but deep inside I knew hey it's time it's time to go and so I did and if you don't know where to go I think you need to take a white piece of paper and just leave it white for a couple of weeks or months don't touch it don't write on it don't you know put some the, the top ten ideas on there that you've already already been thinking about, and while that sounds difficult, it was the best thing I could do at that at that moment in time
1: interesting and for, for sure this was a decision that you you were thinking about it and and it was not something that you just made from one day to another like oh uh, today I'm just feeling that I will quit my job I don't feel fulfilled and you went and quit I, I, I think that this is something you know that you think and you see it about it and and you you have it first like really inside and kind of like back in your mind and and suddenly this thing you know start kind of like raising and, and it's a thought that it's coming more recurrent and and I want to ask you what was like the moment you know that you made the decision that you said okay I will quit and and it's done uh, I will move on with my life what what was that moment look like what what you were doing where you were how how, how it was I I'm, I'm really interesting and I'm really it's really interesting to me you know I'm really curious yeah. about the exact moment when you said okay it's done yeah I'm, I'm making yeah. this decision
2: um, it, it's not a glorious moment um, I was sick <laughs> I was sick at that time um, I had a um, um, or oh, I, I don't know the, um, the English term for it. Um, an infection of my throat. OK. Um, and it was really bad. I was sick for a week, and then I you know, I got some antibiotics, it got better, and it returned two weeks later, and I was sick a second time. And then I got some other antibiotics. you, know, it was better. And then it returned a third time and I was sick for you know almost net three to, three to four weeks and I, the th- I had a lot of time to think and also to listen to my body and to myself and honestly that was a signal that I that I saw heard and felt um, that not only this might not be what I want but that it might not be good for me at this moment in time and so I listened to that signal and said well why wait you and know then you said it's That's done. it. That's it. It's done. it's done. It's done. Yeah, I was in Germany at that uh, at that time and in Germany I decided to quit and then um I yeah, then then you know took took me a few took me a, a bit of time until I, I really quit but that was the moment. Of yeah. course.
1: Yeah, yeah, but in your mind the decision was yeah, already made. Was really clear. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Uh well, it actually I I was asking because uh well, as you know um, um, well for everyone listening um I, I had a similar background as well. I was working in the work in the corporate world and also like the decision I made it I, I remember exactly I, I I used to work far away from home and I, and I had to go you know in the highway uh, and drive like one hour and a half to get to my work you know that I, I just and to me it was normal, but now mm-hmm. looking back you know it was like just horrible thing to do. Uh, I was like three hours on the car you know just to go to ho- to work and then come back home. And, and I don't remember exactly. It was this Friday, seven and a half, eight in the morning. I'm going in the highway. I'm I'm in a tunnel, and I'm I'm I I went out of the tunnel, you know, and, and the sun was rising, and I'm going up into a bridge, you know. and I have the sun in my face, and 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 driving, and in the as I'm saying in the highway, but there was a, a, a so much traffic, you know, so it, it, traffic in the highway. And, and at that moment, I was already thinking about it. Since a long time, I said, this is, this is just not for me. This, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not meant to be doing something like this. And it's like a, like a call from within. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I made the decision in my mind. And as you said, I didn't know what to do. I, I just w- was like a, very, uh, like a, like a feeling you know, of being lost. And, and I remember I, I arrived to my, to my working space. I opened up the laptop. I went to uh, to the the webpage. I bought a ticket for like uh, six months or eight months later to Europe. I didn't have visa. I didn't have anything. I just knew that I want to go, mm. and I and I bought the ticket. I didn't quit. I I quit like four or five months later, actually. You know, I didn't quit at that moment, but the decision was made, and I bought the ticket and I put that kind of like intentional energy out there. You know that this is, I'm 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 out of here. And, and I think it also it's quite interesting um that in my journey you know talking with people that have these similar experiences, I think all listening here can relate one moment in their life that that there is a moment where you made the decision, where you made the change, you know and, yeah, and I think it's really important you know to reflect on that because probably we will have most of those in the future yeah.
2: Um, yeah it's really interesting, Fernando. I think your story is super inspiring and uh and what what i what I hear and what I find so difficult is. You almost never have the chance to compare and to really know whether it's right or wrong because this is a life is a one-way street there's you're not going to be able to do it unless well i think so i don't know maybe other people think otherwise but i don't think we're going to get to do this another time exactly the same way so how should you know and also you get older you have different desires different needs and well you need i but but you, you have these indicators, and that's gut feeling. That is that is energy. That is you know just listening to yourself and taking yourself seriously, and really really asking yourself, Fernando. Well, what do you think? What do you think you should be doing? And if you if you if you you know take away all the other opinions, you know, what your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, um, your friends. That's a huge one. Yeah. Well, they they have their own idea. But what do you think you should be doing? And if you ask yourself that often enough and with a serious intention, quite often you 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 understand, hey well i I get it now I think there is a there is a direction here. I just need to find it
1: yeah that's uh you you, you just mentioned a huge one actually i I, I think that a, a lot of people and it happened to all of us at, at some moment in our life that we live according to other people's values. we live according what our mom or our dad or our family or our friends think that what how life should be you know and i i i totally can understand that because i live according to other people values until i was 27 years old i went to school i had good grades i i went to let's say like a profitable career you know so i was not studying you know like theater no 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 That's you're not gonna make money with that. So I went to business school in a good university. I I have good grades, you know, because with a with good grades you can land a good job. And then I had good grades. I I graduated with you know with with honors and this uh, this uh, Latin word uh, the cum laude or whatever thing. I don't even know where I have my my title right now actually. And I I I graduated with the thing and I landed you know a really nice corporate job with as you said you know with good money with a lot of benefits and and they take care of you. And I did everything you know like by the book to find out then that I, I'm. I'm not happy mm. you know so I kind of like felt really cheated mm. you know and I think it's really important so for actually for, for people here listening when you feel that you're being cheat it's because you're living your life according to other people's values so it's really interesting you know and also your journey you know that you were able to really look at yourself and look within what are your values what are the things that you want to do mm. and, and really fo- follow that you know and you will know that because you will have a tier of inspiration you know I, I remember when I was buying those tickets I had goosebumps, I have a tear of inspiration. I bought the ticket and and i I, and I went to the bathroom I remember you know and I was what I'm doing I was shaking, I was kind of like crying i, 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 I what I'm gonna do you know but that's a really good signal you know in terms of you're following your path and you are mm-hmm. letting out other people's values and you're living according to your own values
2: yeah, I agree. There, there's a um, j- just one last thing on, on mm-hmm. that part um, there is an amazing um, talk by Marco Pierre White who's a chef who's one of the maybe the best chef in the world Okay, cook Cougar, yeah. and um, and Marco Pierre White like many chefs was coming from humble beginnings from humble background he wasn't rich he wasn't born rich he wasn't born privileged but he worked his way up and he I think being a chef is one of the hardest things you can do in the world there's not a lot of things that compare to what you need to do in order to become a good chef. 14, 15, 16 day, uh, 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 um, hour w- days, um, 7 days a week, you know, you get up at 3am, you you just work, your
1: off. off. Um, well, we, we can say this, <laughs> and we're, and you're oh, we're not, we're, yeah, not yeah. we're not in the US. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't worry. Well, no, and, <laughs> and we are not in mainstream. And, and, and
2: Marco K. White, you know, he... Now he's, I don't know, he's early 60s, I don't know, and, and he is the, one of the most acclaimed chefs in the world and he gave a speech, um, I think it was in Cambridge or Oxford, I cannot remember, to students okay. about, you know, his journey, his past, where it took him, what he learned and one thing he said and that stuck with me and it, it, it sticks with me until today is, you know, he earned one, two, three Michelin stars one Michelin star is hard enough. Yes. This this is, you know, the, the 0.1%. Three Michelin stars is almost impossible. And he earned all of them. And the day when he earned his third Michelin star, or the time when he earned it, he realized that he worked 20 years as a chef to accomplish something that, you know, the Michelin judges mm-hmm. um, are rewarding him for and he's actually working for them and not for himself he's not working for himself as Marco Pierre White but for the for the judges of the Michelin uh, um, uh, yeah. review system yeah. and um, and he gave them he, you know he gave them back and like he worked 20 years for something he did not want and not only did he work 20 years but he worked 20 years 14 15 16 hours a day and he sacrificed everything for that goal
1: and that touches me, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I I, I will assume that this talk is in YouTube or mm-hmm. somewhere now. So okay. So uh, with you. for everyone listening, yeah. we will put that in the show notes, and definitely I will, I will have a look uh, on that as well. So thank you. Um. So anyway, so let's go back into our line of interview. We were like just like drifting away a little bit. Uh. So we are in 2017. You quit your job. Uh, we already touched that, and you decided to travel and to go to uh, South America, to specifically, uh, I understand Peru, mm-hmm. and and then you were like traveling around. Uh, can you share with us a little bit? You know why South America, why Peru, what you were doing there? Uh, yeah, just share with us. You know your 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 journey and and that sense trying to find yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, um I've always had a very deep connection with uh, with Peru, South America in general, because my uh, my girlfriend's mother is from Iquitos, um, mm. from the um, well the Amazon area in uh, northeastern Peru, um, and so the the Peruvian or South American culture has always been very close to my heart. And her grandmother was living in Lima. Um, I never understood her. I never. I never understood a word that she, she, she uh, said to me and I didn't like that. I thought, man, why, why, don't you, why don't you learn Spanish and why don't you dedicate some time to that? So I did. I, uh, three days after I quit my job, I flew to Peru um, with very little baggage and the only two plans. Plan number one, surf as much as you can in Chicama, the, north, uh, um, the northwestern coast of, of Peru. And the second plan is to learn Spanish. Well, the first plan was uh, destroyed uh, after one one week <laughs> after my arrival because heavy rainfall in the Andes uh, basically flooded the entire area, and one of the worst floodings in in recent history just destroyed like towns, uh, bridges, etc. And I was in the middle of a of, of a disaster, you know. And um, so I, I tried to help where I, wherever I could. Then flew back to Lima, bought myself some hiking shoes, you know if 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 one doesn't work you do the other Mm -hmm. um and i just went hiking you know in the andes um in in uh, in the south um went to the amazon area stayed with with her grandmother a lot learned spanish um more
1: or less well you and and you did learn some spanish (laughs) 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 i have to i have to say also for everyone listening here uh well i'm originally from chile so i uh, i do speak spanish my mother language uh, I mean, for sure, you already got it for my accent, uh, and yeah, we were we were speaking Spanish before actually the interview, and I have to say uh, that your Spanish it's really, really, really good. <laughs> Uh, Thank yeah, you. you, you uh, were a- we, we were able to organize this. Actually, uh, we did all in Spanish. So <laughs> I was curious if Chris would be able, you know, to pick me up and to have the the, <laughs> the interview today. But yeah, your Spanish quite quite good. We Thank we you. did manage to appreciate uh, to organize this. <laughs> okay, so uh, now I um, also I understand that that you have like a really touching experience with this. Uh, um, um with this flu, you know, um and with the flooding. With the mean. flooding, yeah, yeah sorry, yeah, yeah. with the with the with the flooding and with everything that happened and, yeah. and and the dirt and the plastic and everything. Maybe maybe you can you can share that what happened with you. Why did this touch you? Because I think also you didn't know at the time but it kind of like was was meant to be there in order to uh put you in the position where you are today.
2: Yeah. Um so the the flooding in 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 the uh, north northwest of Peru that was disastrous to experience because all the trash, all the dirt, everything from the Andes to the coast has been basically um, well condensed and has been washed to the shore where where I was where I wanted to go surfing. So not only the beach and the and the town and um, well the sea everything was full with trash and plastic everything for I can show you pictures for weeks actually Um, and the second experience was this was the beginning of my trip yes and remember I was there not only because I want to go on holidays but I quit my job and I did not know what would come next but I also didn't need to find it immediately I thought take some time you know don't stress yourself Really take that break and things will come one way or another. And at the end of my trip, four months later, I was um, well swimming in Nikitos in the Amazon area and this is my favorite place on earth. Absolutely. It's my favorite place on earth, but seeing plastic in the Amazon, and and I saw that six years before for the first time. it just broke my heart you know seeing that much plastic swimming in the Amazon um, being uh, in Iquitos at the shore um, in the in, in the rainforest mm. and it doesn't go away unless someone picks it up
1: and yeah, that's a huge problem definitely. and
2: uh, while I didn't know I, I didn't take it as a singular problem it was one of the problems I encountered I encountered the world is complicated nothing is singular but um, it was one of the major big striking things that i experienced and it was also very unjust because i could fly back to germany where i'm safe where everything is clean where everything is structured and we have good infrastructure Um, and somehow i felt that yeah well people are being left alone with some of these issues and we do have a responsibility for some of these problems but i just didn't know what to do
1: Mm. Yet at Yet. that moment you you, you <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, but I yeah. mean uh,
2: uh, you know sometimes y- y- you hear these stories and you think oh it's all o- it's also obvious, well, looking back of it's all o- it's obvious, but at in that moment, it wasn't obvious to me, I didn't know how to solve that problem, I just knew there was a problem, and I kept on dedicating time to finding you know writing something on that white piece of paper that really meant something to me, mm. and where I could. Contribute my qualities, my time, my commitment to something that you know I consider relevant.
1: Mm. And and what's interesting as well um, to me uh, to and um, like regarding your story is that it's not only being able to identify a problem because I think any idiot you know it's able to go out and see what's wrong. <laughs> you know it's, that's the easy part, but first of all, there was a problem that you care enough, so that was kind of like triggering within you something, you know, like some emotional response, uh, that that put you in a position also to start thinking on which kind of solutions can I bring to this problem that I do care enough. Yeah, and you know what? I actually, I don't think that I cared about the
2: problem so much, but I cared about the people so much. And this might also be That's relevant because I was in Peru and it you know it was it's part of my family somehow. Mm. You know. And I connected with so many people so strongly there that I, I think I empathized with them way more than I would usually do. And seeing what what structural problems they encounter and how unjust that is, because they are harder working than I was than I ever was many of them are surely smarter than I am but being born in you know a poor area of Peru um, be it the Amazon area or the northwest Peru wherever just puts you at a disadvantage and it puts you in a structural situation where it's not only hard but almost impossible to you know do something against plastic waste and I'm I'm not saying it's really important to not to, to 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 not believe that you're the savior that comes to that region and saves the world Um, this is what happened many 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 decades uh, um, in in the past um, that Mm. people from you know the west or the um, the global north came to the global south and said hey this is how it's working and i'm exporting my ideas to your country that's not what it's about but it's about caring about the you know people who live there truly and deeply and thinking hey man that sucks and this is a global problem it's not only a local but it's a global problem and is there a way that we can do anything about that
1: yeah, yeah well plastic is a it's a global problem that's for sure that's uh that's really interesting thank you thank you for sharing this uh, really really inspiring um, so now let's let's continue uh, we are I think like at the end of 2017 already <laughs> and you came back to Germany and and I understand that you joined the community of entrepreneurs first. So um I understand that entrepreneurs first it's it's a community where like the main goal is to help people to find uh, partners and, and co founders and build teams etc and even though you didn't find your the the team, or you didn't find your co-founders. Uh, there, you did learn some key things in order to to find, you know, the right person to start a business. And I would love to uh, have your insights, you know, about the learning process that you had out of out of this, this time when you were in this community.
2: Yeah, um,
1: to make it short, it's an it's an
2: amazing program um, that really pushes you to think about. What you're really good at, and what an amazing, excellent team looks like that can tackle a global problem and build a company on a on a large scale. I think this is what they do at the core of of their business, like the heart of the the, the, the heart. Program. Yeah, okay. the heart of the program. And um, so I learned what a what a really capable, fast, and good team looks like what what are the signals that you need to see in order to understand hey are we are we on the right track or not is this a team that can be can be successful or not like okay. what
1: what are like one two or three signals that are like like the one let's say the top two three that yeah. must be in a team that it's high performing team yeah. so um high performing
2: so so one again this comes from google psychological mm-hmm. safety everyone is not afraid to say things as they are you know call them out for what they are if there's a problem you just say it you don't hold back number one number one Um, number two um, you have diversity in the team if there is five guys or girls with the same set of skills they are not complementing each other and it happens so often you look for like-minded people you go for people that have the same qualities and that have the same opinion on the same things That's. That's That's how you pick your friends. Yeah, that's how you pick your friends (laughs) and this is how you pick your funders quite often as well. And then the third is just a uh, um, performance-based indicator. If you bring rapid results to complex questions, um, you can be sure you know and, and and results shouldn't be the end result but just progress if you progress on complex things quickly and you understand hey you know yesterday we didn't know how to solve this but today we have an idea and tomorrow we're actually working on a, on a prototype for that idea you know you're onto something and if you're thinking and debating about the same problem for two weeks and you just don't you don't go further than that you don't go beyond debating you know you're in a bad team mm. so speed diversity and psychological safety I think these are the three um, I, you know um, indicators that tell me hey this is a good team
1: excellent excellent so those I can see there were like some some of the learnings that you have at that time um, so thank you thank you for sharing and, and actually I agree especially with the last with the last one I think speed of implementation it's it's key it's key like uh, the moment that you come up with an idea and that you are able to put that idea into practice and to test it and to have feedback from the market, from the live market, it's it's a key determinant of the success uh, that you can have. Because if you come up, because I, I think that everyone can come, comes up with ideas.
2: You know, All the time. That's a boom. All out. the time.
1: There, there is no scarcity with ideas. Yeah. You know? Every, everyone have I, I would say that everyone on planet Earth have at least one time like a million dollar idea, you know? So that's not a problem. The problem is actually to be able to put that idea down, put it into Earth and test it and see actually if that idea can, can work or not. So, just like as an example, and, and to put it into numbers and to be like really practical, if, if I'm coming with ideas but I'm, 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 I'm taking, you know, like two months to put one idea into practice, on average in a year i will try six different things but somebody that comes up with an idea and put it you know into practice in the in the same week that came into the idea you know potentially that person or that business it's it's testing 52 different things well when when, when you have somebody testing and trying 52 different things when somebody is just doing six well th- there is what a are the odds? Mm-hmm. big difference in the action that one business or one person is taking between the other. Yeah. And that's a key determinant of the success.
2: Yeah. And 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 I think,
1: you know, in combination,
2: I I don't think speed is always everything, but it's an early indicator of, you know, how how fast you can move when it's required. Um sometimes you need to take your time and you know, get things right. But sometimes you also just need to test, iterate, understand, hey, is this are we completely right or completely wrong here? Is you know what, what's the what's the path we're taking? Mm. Um so yeah. That those were the learnings but yeah, from, but, from that but, but I
1: think especially for the world, you know, of startup or smaller businesses, um that that need you know to test and try yeah. I, I, I think it's very applicable you know and uh, y- the, the concept that we're talking about
2: and there's so many other lessons I learned for example you know everyone has ideas and <laughs> when you go when you go to your mom or your friends and you ask them hey man I or hey mom I, I've got this idea and I would like to you know I've got this van and I would like to um, build something um, so the van um, never um, I don't know, never never runs out of electricity and it's not a solar panel, but it's way more complicated and it's a small engine that I, you know, attach to to my normal engine, and then I could theoretically, if I find an engineer, you know, we could actually make this happen because I read this in a magazine and so on and so forth. And it's obvious that this idea is not you know, you're not onto something. Um but what is your mom gonna tell you? Oh son. This is this is so great. Like I I've, I've never heard a better idea in my life. I think you're a brave young man and you're doing amazingly well and I'm glad you're doing this and I I would support you with whatever I can. And your friends are going to tell you the same thing unless they're really good friends. And all of a sudden you as a young man or a young woman, you think, "Hey, I am into something. I'm going to and and this is the mom test. So this is uh, this is something we did. Don't ask your mom for feedback, but ask you know um ask other people you don't really know in a structured way without pre um pre-answering the um the, the question you know don't a- don't ask leading questions hey don't you think this is an amazing idea It's a horrible question but if you have ask an open question well is your car has your camper van ever run out of electricity and if the answer is no there's not a problem okay well you move on if the answer is yes well how do you solve it if there's a perfect solution there is no need for a solution and so on and so forth and you know thinking about that really sharpens your your eye and your senses for which solutions really make sense and this is also interesting in terms of purpose you know Mm. making sense doesn't mean it's impossible to make but it's necessary to make you know yeah. like you can make anything in the world but w- but what's really necessary today what what solves real-world problems quickly in a scalable way I think this is a you know that's the baseline
1: and, and and what's your opinion about like the difference between what people need and what people want because some sometimes there are a lot of things that people need so for example a lot of people need to lose some weight but it's not what they want so they still eat chips drink beer you know buy and, and watch TV and they are not exercising and eating healthy they need to get healthy but that's not what they want
2: well if they want to be healthy <laughs> I mean there's yeah. a, it's kind of this the the sovereign uh, you know the um, sovereignty of, of each individual to decide what they want but yes. at the end um, I believe uh, this is the critical, the critical task that many companies and entrepreneurs have to really figure that out. You know. And if this is something you or the planet truly needs, I'm telling you there is a good chance that in the long run you, you're gonna be successful. While if it's only a trend and something that might disappear in a year or two, um, obviously this is not gonna be a lot of, of a lasting effect. So wanting and needing is, can be tough to distinguish for you as a company and the customer, but at the same time, um, if you figure out what's necessary in the world in the bigger scheme, on the macro level, for us as a you know, as, a, as a global society to yeah. thrive and live, well then you're onto something and you know obviously healthy people you know being healthy is a is a main pillar of 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 a good life i believe and I um, believe so so that that is something that you surely can invest your time into.
1: Definitely. well, uh, let's continue and let's start talking about um, wild plastic. So we kind of like went into the journey that, that puts you uh, where you are today that is wild plastic. And I, I, already, I, I already said that um, you didn't find your co-founders you know in, in, in the entrepreneurs first community, but you did find them out of that there. And maybe you can also, first of all, share with us um, the unique business um, ownership that your business have. because um, something that we were talking before, um, yes, Chris is one of the co-founders, yes, Chris holds the position of the CEO, but he is not the only one in the business, and, and, and he um, asked me to, to really... Touch you know on that topic, and even though uh, he's with us uh, today in this podcast, he really wants you know to 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 make everyone understand that he's not the only o- owner. That there are also other owners. Owner, and uh, yeah, maybe I, I will not say anything else. Maybe you can explain. I, I would yeah. say that you will do it uh, way better than what I can do. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> so so yeah, share, share with us. You know what's uh, yeah, just share with us. Um,
2: so I um when I came back from Berlin uh, to Hamburg I'm going to I'm going to tell you the the real story. Um I met a friend um through a friend and he was in the same situation. He came back from, you know, traveling the world and we were both in the exact same situation. We we've seen the problems, we didn't know the solution, but we were willing and eager to invest ourselves and our time into kind of, you know, just making a change. And I, <laughs> the, so he I, I just came back from Entrepreneur First and I recommended to him, Christian Schiller is his name. Uh, man, Christian, you should go to Entrepreneur First. I think this is the right program for you because you're going to learn a lot of things. You're going to have fun. You know, you get paid for a while. Epic. Why not? You know, why not? So he joined Entrepreneur First at the same time, or shortly after, he introduced me to Fritjof and, 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 and through Friedel to a few other people, um, who in parallel, had the very same experience in a different way that I had. They encountered the plastic problem, they were looking for a solution, you know, they they were they, they filmed a, doc- a documentary, Holger and, and Friedel, and they saw plastic everywhere in Asia, and they came back and said, hey, let's do something about it. And together with Katrin, who has been designing products for, you know, decades what some of the most known products in Germany she's designed with Dieter, who has been running plastic businesses for 30 years um, (laughs) and Nadia who has been doing beach cleanups in Spain and and ran uh, TBD um, like yeah you, you know the company before so we all met through more or less through coincidence and connections with the same problem in mind hey there's five billion tons of plastic waste out there and we must do something about it. Now, let's stop talking. Let's stop looking at the problem. Let's stop you know, being dragged down. Let's stop and let's start acting. Let's do something. And I think that spirit brought us together um, and it, it is pure coincidence that, that it happened, but this is the founding team of Wild Plastic that consists of five, six people, who all, for different reasons, individually decided. Hey, let's stop plastic waste in nature and let's build something that the planet needs.
1: Wow, that's uh, that's amazing! I would say, like, the synchronicity out of this story, you know, it's uh, it's quite something. And I can see also like your your voice and and well, I, I have you here, so you your your body language, everything changed. You 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 feel really uh, energized when you when you're sharing this story. And
2: you know, let's go back half an hour when I talked about you know leaving my old job. This is not about me. I'm just I'm one of six. Mm-hmm. I, and and we could also tell Holger's story, or Friedel's story, or Nadia's, or Katrin's, or Dieter's story. But we all have our own very individual, um, you know life or story that led us to this point and i am so amazed that this happened and that we met and that we now we're, we're building this company together because if you would have asked me three years ago chris well how are you if you build a company again how are you going to meet these people no way in the world would have I said oh yeah well you know we someone's gonna introduce me to someone and then you know we figure out oh yeah the plastic waste is a huge problem or oh, you're also thinking about that how can we solve it um, never never in the world and if it comes down to one thing I believe it's being open to this wildness and craziness of uncertainty if you, embrace can, uncertainty, that's if a you can embrace uncertainty and this is such a such an old saying, embrace uncertainty. But I it's really true.
1: It's really true. And looking back, you always think, oh yeah, well
2: that happened.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh well looking back is how we connect the dots actually. So mm. uh that's that's why also um I wanted to go into your journey and to paint the picture to really understand, you know. Uh, your, your, your mission and the vision of Wild Plastic. Now, um, what about the purpose economy? What, what's the purpose economy? How did you find out about the purpose economy? And and yeah, how, how did you you, you, you told me before also that you're the youngest company into the purpose economy. Maybe you can share uh, more about this, you know, with, yeah. uh, with us.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, are we okay on time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're fine. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. We're okay. fine. This, this, this <laughs> is a
1: long format podcast, so uh, everyone Excellent. listening, I think, already, yeah, yeah. already know about this. Very good. Very good. One hour and a half, two hours. So, okay. Cool. Um, yeah. Um, uh, we we are on schedule. Perfect.
2: <laughs> um.
0: Hey guys. So sorry for cutting you off now, but yeah, that was already the first part i hope you enjoyed it i hope you got some inspiration from fernando and from chris and their conversation i really enjoyed it i have to say and i'm also really looking forward to the second part so stay tuned we will publish it next thursday and if you want to check out our previous podcast episodes you can find them on our website um, www.forchangemakers.com and also check out the show notes of this episode because you're going to find all the links that chris and fernando mentioned um, within their conversation and if you want to get more in touch with us um, so with fernando and me and for changemakers you can sign up for our um, for changemakers friday it's our weekly newsletter where we keep you posted with different kind of topics that we're exploring right now, so we're gonna share with you templates, some blog posts, uh, podcast episodes that we listen to that also gave us uh, lots of inspiration, some videos, everything that is interesting for social entrepreneurs and people that really have ambitious goals and want to thrive with their social business so yeah sign up for it on our website and um, if you want to give us some feedback on our podcast or if you have any questions related to social entrepreneurship yeah just send us an email to team at for and we would love to chat with you so i wish you an awesome day and i'm looking forward to talk to you anytime soon